This is Peter Leku and you are listening to the Full English Breakfast. It's episode number 35 of the Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson. Today on the show, we'll talk to international master Sapako Gurumashvili about her experience at the Women's World Championship in Tehran and the state of women in chess more generally. But first, say hello to international master Lawrence Trent and from GingerGM.com, the Ginger GM himself, Grandmaster Simon Williams. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here again. We spoke last time about the then women's world champion Hu Yifan and her throwing a game at the Gibraltar Chess Congress, protesting the pairings that seems to have actually been done correctly. Hu Yifan has won three matches for the world championship, and it's a little bit of a strange story why she's had to play these three matches and in quick succession, actually. And that's because she's lost the title through this knockout format before. So Maria Muzichuk became world champion by winning the knockout, and then Hu Yifan was entitled to play a match with her, which she dominated. And now there's another knockout that just wrapped up in Tehran. And this time, Hu Yifan is not even a part of the cycle because she didn't participate in this other series of tournaments, the Grand Prix. She's now moved beyond that. But first of all, uh, can you explain just why we have different formats of the World Championship? We have a match, we have knockout, and we have the Grand Prix, which also plays a part. Yeah, well, that's precisely the question. Why do we have these formats? I mean, for me, it's absolute madness. Let me get this right, because... I'm going to be honest, I haven't been following this a lot. You know, I lose track of what's going on at the top. There's too many different things going on. So are you telling me that Ho Yifang cannot be world champion now? There's no way she can be world champion. Not for the foreseeable future, because she didn't participate in the Grand Prix, and the Grand Prix winner was entitled to play a match with the winner of the knockout, unless it was Zhu Wenjun who won the Grand Prix. Of course, Zhu Wenjun was eliminated in the knockout, so now she gets to play a match for the world championship again anyway. So, okay, so she can't play. Why, why didn't she play in any of these cycles? Well, I'd love to have her on as a guest. She's now actually playing in the overall Grand Prix, but the long and the short of it is that she doesn't want to participate in the Women's World Championship events. I think she might defend her title in a match, but uh, otherwise uh, sort of sees it as, as having been there, done that, and trying to move on to competing with stronger players and get her rating up to eventually reach what uh, Judith Polgar did, who never participated in any women's events. Basically, she says, I've got nothing else to prove. She's defended her title on three occasions. She's by far the strongest player on paper as well. She's, you know, at least 50 points higher rated than her closest rival and she's trying to make a stand against this system which is just so obviously defunct and in need of repair following the lead of of what the overall world championship cycle has done is a good starting point i, I really think some kind of unification is required and i think ho yifan has to be part of that process if it's going to be successful because again i don't think it helps the women's game if you've got somebody like ho yifan who is much higher rated than anybody else with uh, all of the career highlights that she's got as well, just not participating in this. I, I'm not sure how that helps. In fact, I think it damages the validity of the title much more. 
Well, I was really eager to speak to someone who participated in the Knockout World Championship in Tehran. So I'm very pleased that we can welcome International Master Sopako Guramashvili, who uh, is with us from the Netherlands, having been eliminated in the round of 16. Hello, Sopiko. Thanks for having me in the show. So tell us, what was it like? Well, it was a really very unusual, incredible experience. First of all, there was a lot of discussion whether the World Championship should be held in Tehran or not. The tournament itself was organized very okay, very nicely. And... Um, about my play, I'm um, very, very satisfied. Okay, yeah, briefly uh, fill us in what were the, the highlights for you. Well, uh, first of all, I don't know if it was a pleasant highlight or not, but I had to wear the scarf, the hijab. It was very unusual. It was um, maybe a bit disturbing in the blitz game, but it was not a reason uh, for me not to participate in uh, the World Championship competition. It was very nice, the hotel, the area, everything, and the highlight for me was my play, actually. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the hijab issue in a little bit more depth another time. But just briefly, did you know about this as soon as the venue was announced, or did that only come later? I mean, certainly you had to know about it before you agreed to participate, right? Yeah, we, we knew uh, we had contract and there was written that uh, we had to wear hijab and there were certain dressing code uh, about long sleeve and just the hijab. But I have to be honest that it was not as strict as it, as it was um, written in the contract. So there was a little bit more flexibility than, you, than there might have been. This also wasn't the first time that there was an international women's event held in Iran. Did you participate in the last time around? No, no, I didn't participate, but... Um, was, I, was that a Grand Prix event? Yeah, it was Grand Prix event, and uh, I've heard lots of things uh, about the tournament. Um, no complaints I heard, so I thought that uh, it was not uh, dangerous for me to go to Tehran and participate there. Okay. As far as the World Championship cycle goes, we were talking about how it's been a bit of an incomprehensible system, that you've had the Grand Prix to determine a qualifier but in some cases to determine a challenger right now, and then you've had matches to determine the champion, or in some cases, a knockout to determine the champion. And in some cases, there was a rematch clause, and in other cases, not. So <laughs> how do you see this, and how do we get into this mess? It is really complicated for me to understand. Um, especially the big problem is that it's really hard for women's tournament to find a sponsor. So the world championships or anything that is planned is not held on uh, the exact time they, that they are announcing. It's always postponed. And uh, once they find the sponsor, uh, it's like, you, yeah, we should do it all the time. But uh, the system itself, it's uh, really complicated. I think it would be nice uh, to have a clear uh, cut to the world champion because every year you have a new world champion with this system. But like this, we have more tournaments. So if there was only a match held, then it would be one tournament less for women. Right. And do you think that the the prospect of the world championship cycle without Huifan is problematic or is it still going to have the same kind of prestige 
in your opinion? Uh, it's really pity that uh, Hoi Fan was not participating. She denied to participate uh, in women's uh, tournaments at all. She's the idol of women chess and um, it was really great honor to see her all the time participating in world championship. Of course, she is clear favorite, uh, but I think women are getting stronger and stronger. We see that uh, Juman Jun had a great year. Unfortunately, she was knocked out uh, from the last round. But again, she was knocked out by another talented uh, Chinese, Dan Zhengi. So um, I hope that uh, it will still remain that prestigious. The rating differential actually between one and two now is not that great. And I think Anna Muzichuk, in fact, is closing the gap as well as Juman Jun. Exactly. For me, there absolutely must be some kind of reform of the women's world championship cycle and system. And I think not having Ho Yifan is a huge problem for women's chess and affects the prestige. Well, it sounds like you would be arguing then for not having separate events at all and just uh, having women and men compete on an equal basis. Not necessarily, not necessarily, but I just think that there has to be some, uh, you know, even Sopiko herself just said she doesn't understand it. It's so complicated. This is the problem, isn't it? I mean, like for me, from an outsider who doesn't always follow all the top events when I'm not commentating, I've no idea what's going on. And I'm sure if it confuses me, it will confuse lots of other people trying to work out who the best player is because Ho Yifan, clearly the highest rated player. And as you said, Lawrence, she should really be in there somehow, you know, competing for the title. Well, this is definitely still one of the number one questions that I get from non-chess players and people who don't follow the chess world. And Sopiko, I'd love your thoughts on it because it's not comprehensible to most lay people why there are separate titles and separate events. Um, I mean, I think we all understand the reasons and largely they're historical, but I guess you must be weighing then the opportunities to participate versus the extent to which having the separate events can actually hold you back, as Ho Yifan has argued and Judith Polgar before her, that, um, that you know, this can actually retard your development if you are constantly just playing each other and not playing objectively stronger opponents. Well, once again, I would like to say that it is really sad reality that there are no sponsors for women chess. And I find a bit of logic in the system because if we had the system like men has, let's say, candidate tournaments and then a match, world championship match, then um, there would be a lot less women participate because you cannot make a candidate's tournament with uh, 50 or 64 women participants, right? Right. That's why you see only uh, Yifan is participating in the current uh, Grand Prix. Yes, that's why. So um, in this way, it makes sense because it gives uh, a lot of women from every continent opportunity to take part into the World Championship knockout system and then play the World Championship match. It is different question for the world champion. How is it first to play in the knockout system tournament and then to play the match again to defend the title in, let's say, coming six months or a year. But uh, definitely, uh, I see a big plus that it's a big opportunity for other women. I see where you're coming from, Sopiko. I'm just not convinced. And I think you highlight the main problem at the top of your dialogue there. And that's that there are no sponsors for women's chess or very few. And I think that's really the fundamental problem. If there were more sponsors for women's chess, there'd be more tournaments. And then the need to have a system like the one that's currently in place would not exist because there would be enough tournaments throughout the year for the top female pros to be able to compete in and 
obviously make a living from. Do you think this is, I mean, for what I see, it's kind of a problem from when people are very young. You know, women in chess, if you want to encourage them from a young age, you know, lots of people seem to leave the game, let's say in England, around the age of 11, 12, there's not much encouragement. It's something surely should be done from base value and maybe men's chess as well, every kind of chess. Yeah. But uh, it's really building it from the roots, I think, all of this to try to encourage more people to play in general. Well, let's look at the parallel with tennis for a second, because there was a time when the prize funds for men and women's tournaments in tennis were different. But some years ago, they reached parity, and that's now the norm in the tennis world. And you know, a part of the reason for that is, of course, that there is sponsorship. And the argument was made that as far as the the viewership and the interest in the sport, there was no difference between the two. Yeah. So I guess it, it's a little bit of a, of a chicken and egg problem. Sponsors will want to demonstrate that there's an interest in women's chess that's on par with the interest in open tournament or men's tournaments, if you will. But at the same time, there is a similarity in that the basic uh, ostensible reason for the separation has partly to do in the difference in objective ability. Now, I'm referring strictly to rating, because I'm not trying to argue that there's any kind of an innate difference, objective difference between the sexes. I don't think that that is a completely settled question, but I personally uh, see good reasons to, to think why there isn't a, any, any kind of biological difference in terms of innate chess ability. But nevertheless, there is definitely a, a difference in as measured by the, the ratings, which would make uh, direct competition similarly problematic in the same way that it would be problematic to have direct competition between men and women in tennis, although there the reasons are different. The reasons are obviously more to do with size and speed and, and muscles and the ability to hit the ball. But I guess for one thing, Sopico, I mean, you're someone who has, of course, thought about this and discussed this quite a lot, but there is a sort of fundamental question is whether or not it's just about the statistics of who starts when they're uh, young players playing or whether or not they're still uh, some kind of more innate ability question. Yeah, I've uh, talked a about this um, quite um, a lot of times and uh, mostly people come um, and ask me like, what is the difference between men's and uh, women's chess and why there are so few women's tournaments and uh, why actually women are not participating in uh, men's tournaments uh, that often. Why we see a lot of men uh, and just very few women. Let's say in Baikonsei tournament when I was participating in Group B, um, they were, we were only two women and uh, everybody was coming saying, we would like to see much more women participating uh, and um, fighting against men. But exactly, just hold, stop, if I can stop you right there. In, in Vikanze, for example, where you have the, the B and the C group, uh, well, sometimes the C group, not always, but you have uh, the masters and then you have these other groups, there you could conceivably fill half the field with women without disturbing the competitive nature of the event in terms of ratings. Exactly. The one problem I see is that there are two strong tournaments, uh, uh, Gibraltar Open and uh, the Vikings A, mm -hmm. which uh, clashes with, with each other. And as you know, the, in uh, Gibraltar, there are uh, lots of uh, high prices for women. Uh, so I think they are going uh, to fight for these prizes uh, there. But uh, Vikings has uh, a great history and it is indeed very prestigious event. Um, and uh, it's an honor to participate there. In uh, Masters Group, uh, we uh, saw Hoyufan participating a lot of times. 
and we saw women participating there in um, earlier times like Judith Walker, even Nona Gaprindashvili, Maya Chipurdanidze, Pia Kramling was there. So um, lots of women did participate, but unfortunately not as much as it would be necessary <laughs> to see uh, women in the tournament. Well, in the second part of my question, does the fact that um, that women are often participating in women's tournaments, again, for the reasons that we've mentioned in terms of opportunities and, and prize money and so on, does that have the effect of making it harder for them to progress in skill and move up the rating ranks, do you think? Well, Maybe slightly, because if we compare uh, the Vikings A tournament and the Open tournament, we can see huge difference because in Vikings A you are playing against uh, very strong players and it is round-robin tournament. If you're in good shape, you have uh, lots of chances to fight for the rating points and um, simply to shine there. Uh, as for the Open tournament, you of course are playing the very strong chess players there, but not every round. If you lose a game you might uh, play either your rating uh, opponent or much lower so that's uh, that's a big difference for for example for me it was very hard to play in b group but i was very pleased uh, that i was invited in the tournament i had all the time very strong uh, uh, opponents and i expected not a great result but for my strength i took it like a great experience and uh, 13 huge lessons from uh, grandmasters. I heard something quite interesting from Brian Callahan, And uh, of course, he's the guy who really put together the Gibraltar competition where they have these, you know, really high prize fund. And he actually called this high prize fund for women positive discrimination in a way to try to encourage women to play at Gibraltar in the open competition. So that I found quite interesting. And Obviously, you can see it's, it's had this big effect that you do have a very large amount of the strong female players playing there. Do you sort of agree that that's the right kind of way to go in certain open tournaments? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great opportunity and I'm quite unhappy that I never participated in uh, this Gibraltar Open and I've never been there. One day I should definitely go, not because of the tournament, but generally the atmosphere there. Um, I've heard lots of good things about the Open and uh, of course to play the tournament and uh, play the strong opponents there is a great opportunity and huge encouragement for women chess players to have such high prizes. Yeah, it sounds like basically you want to try to strike a balance between uh, providing opportunities and also giving uh, a chance for women to compete in open events like this so that uh, they're also able to, to regularly play uh, higher rated players uh, to be able to improve as well. Right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Sapiko. Where can uh, folks uh, find your work uh, on the web if they're interested in, in following you more? Um, I think on Chess24 website, there are lots of videos. I, I don't run my own web website or blog, but uh, on Chess24, I'm quite often uh, having some discussions or uh, video series uh, and uh, live shows. So on Chess24.com. Now, I noticed, actually, that reminds me, you have a Twitter account with quite a lot of followers, but you don't actually use it. Is that right? 
I, I don't use it um, because um, it was created very, very uh, long time ago and uh, I was uh, never interested, let's say, like that. Um, but uh, I'm myself surprised that I have so many uh, followers, uh, even though I don't tweet anything. Well, this is clearly a testament to, to your popularity. I don't know of too many Twitter accounts that have 1,600 followers and not a single tweet. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very pleasant, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, so people can follow your live commentary and video series on, on Chess24. Yeah, I do have a Facebook uh, page, but I think people cannot add me uh, there. It has some limit already there. So Chess24 is the best way to follow me. Well, it sounds like you need to get your own site, your own uh, fan page set up uh, right quick. <laughs> we'll think about that. <laughs> okay, thanks again, Sapiko. Speak to you soon. Thank you, bye. Lawrence, Simon, your final thoughts on our conversation? Yeah, I mean, firstly, congratulations to Sopico. Uh, she really performed very well uh, in Tehran, uh, performed above expectation. Hopefully, there'll be many more conversations about development of women's chess, what can be done. I think there needs to be a much better communication. Um, and I also think there needs to be a much better organization if they're going to achieve the goals that they so desperately need. And I think the topic of how you fan competing or not needs to be clarified and resolved but uh yeah i think the future is still very bright i do think the sort of encouragement of players whether they be female male but i would say specifically female should be a big thing that people need to concentrate on because so many people give up at a certain age and there's a bit of a stigma being a female at a tournament because you're outnumbered it's a bit intimidating as well i know this needs to be changed and just in general I think the whole media outlook on, on chess in general could do with a revamp. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes for the future. All right, we've got to go. Be sure to leave us a rating or a review wherever you found the podcast. And please share it with your friends. We'll be back next week. No, I mean, for me only, why it's like parodical because as a chess player, I'm never having breakfast, yeah? <laughs> so it's kind of, I mean, a chess We used it because myself and Stephen are English. Although I'm not English, so why? It shouldn't really why? be a full English breakfast. It should be know. like an almost well, it, full. Well, it's right. stuck now, and it's. Continental good. breakfast, <laughs> yeah, American <laughs> continental well, breakfast. Yeah, right.